0: Welcome, I'm Olga Nadal and you are listening to your next great chapter, the podcast to master life transitions with ease and courage. And today's show is sponsored by Divorce for Love. For those of you new to the show, I am the founder of Divorce for Love, where I educate, inspire and coach those going through possibly one of the most challenging transitions you may face in your life. If you are thinking about divorce or have started the process and are feeling lost, go and watch the masterclass I made for you on the five secrets you must know about divorce. These five secrets can save you a ton of money and sleepless nights. The link is in the notes, so head over there right after today's show. Today, I'm talking about the new world with corona, the transition, and how I'm creating my new normal. And the first thing that I want to tell you is that this is the fourth time that I record this podcast. <laughs> the first time, because I was a bit of a dindon, and I'm not quite good with technology, so I somehow had managed to not connect my microphone to the podcast recording station.) But other times was because I was really scared of what I was saying. And because I feel that the subject of coronavirus has become even more controversial than talking about religion or politics. It's so scary to put your truth, to put your thoughts, especially if they go against what mainstream media is telling us. The first time that I recorded the podcast, I was just trying to be so politically correct and try not to go too much into, and I'm going to put quotation marks around this, conspiracy theories, because I hate that term. I hate that anytime that there is something that is different to what the majority thinks, oh, it's a conspiracy theory, which to me, it's the equivalent of groupthink. And we all have to believe the same narrative. And if you think something else, oh, wow, she's one of those cuckoo that's lost it. So no, let's let's try and be open to listen to everybody's ideas. But as I was saying that on my internal dialogue, while I was recording, what I was recording was the complete opposite. It was me just saying, well, you know, we don't really know all the facts, and I don't know, just try and do your best. And I was like, I finished the podcast and I was like, what what the hell was that? So I actually recorded it the second time. Kind of similar thing happened. I was a little bit more outspoken, but I was still mincing my words and not wanting to say what I truly believed about it. And finally, I had a conversation with my beloved fiancé and... I told him, I I don't know why I can't speak my truth. And it's crazy because I am a big proponent of being courageous and saying what you think. And those who can hear it, fantastic. Those who can't, equally fantastic. It it can't be our problem if other people can't hear us because their belief system gets so triggered by anything that doesn't follow their narrative. Eventually, I sat down for the fourth time to record what I hope is my most honest and vulnerable explanation as to what I'm doing with the coronavirus and how I am preparing for what's coming ahead. And the first thing that I want to say is that I ask everybody listening to please keep an open mind and an open heart. I am hoping, deeply hoping that everything that I propose here is completely wrong, that I have all my facts wrong and I'm making decisions and assumptions that bullshit. I really hope that's the case. This is not a debate about I want to be right and I'm going to criticize you if you don't agree with me. This is about I am going to give you a point of view that I think it's important because fortunately I am right and my predictions are right. I think that there are several steps that we could all be taking to make sure that we don't end up completely screwed. So with that being said, I am going to tell you what I think about the coronavirus pandemic. It is that at this point in time, after it's been months since March when it all started, I think it's pretty clear that we do not have the disease and the pandemic that was so hyped in the media at the very beginning of it. And even though my... Point of view has always been very much against anything that will take our liberties away and that it will put us in positions of shelter at home, also known as home arrest, that will force us to wear masks, also known as where is my choice in that? If you want to wear your mask, you will be protected. If I don't want to wear it, that's my choice. For me, all those decisions were too dramatic, especially with the data that I was looking at. But having said that, I also understood that we were at the very beginning of it and we weren't sure what was happening. So yes, take all the precautions necessary. And that's why I shelter in place like everybody else. I wear the masks when I'm in public and I had tried to follow all the procedures that we were being asked to do. But I do believe that now we have to take a strong and hard look at the data. And I believe that as much as the coronavirus issue is so emotional and people take sides and they don't want to move from their position, I think that the saying of your thoughts create your reality in the moment in time that we're living, it's more your facts create your reality. So whatever media, whatever information you are looking at, that's what's going to make you believe something that is true and that's how you're going to look at the world. For me, looking at the data, I can see the good and the bad on what we've been living through. I do want to point out that there are some good things about what's happened in the sense that, yes, I believe that everybody banding together, even if it meant taking some of our freedoms away, was a beautiful example of how society ultimately wants to protect everybody and it wants to protect those who were in the most risky positions. I love that. I love the fact that the environment has finally taken a break from the overconsumption. I love that we haven't been able to spend so much, so we've actually stopped wasting and just being greedy for the fun of it. I love that we had had more time to spend with our children, although I think it is time for them to be able to socialize again and go back to the structures that were in place. I love that some of those dysfunctional structures from the old system are being dismantled. But now these are the things that I don't love. I don't think that we're being very conscious as to what we are creating. I don't think that we are coming together and saying, okay, this is the new society that we want to emerge from this pandemic. I think that there's a lot of selfishness at the moment from those who are feeling like, well, I'm okay, I'm getting an unemployment check. I don't have to go to work. Why should I worry about those whose businesses are being decimated? And my answer to all of those is, it's coming to get you to the unemployment checks are going to end. And then there are not going to be jobs for anybody, neither the employers. They won't have their businesses, not the employees. And I am personally seeing it from my little tiny island. I live in Hawaii, in Maui. And it's interesting. I went for a drive with a friend of mine and we went to Lahaina, which is this beautiful touristy town, which I agree, it's usually a nightmare. It's packed up to the tops with tourists and traffic. And we went a couple of weeks ago and it was deserted. Everything was boarded up. And my friend was so excited and so happy and joyful about it. Because yes, we could walk down the streets. I was so devastated. The reality that I was seeing is I've been a restaurant owner here in Hawaii and in New York, in both two very touristy places. And I could feel the pain of the employers that are seeing all their hard work going down the drain. I could see the pain of the employees that is going to come when the checks stop coming. I could not understand how we have had a society and an economic system that it's been on the brink of disaster ever since before 2008. And we somehow, or a sector of our society somehow thinks that stopping, bringing everything to a complete halt, like it's been done in the last four months will not have terrible consequences for everybody. You may feel okay right now, but one of the biggest takeaways that I want you to take from today's, from my ideas about how I'm dealing with a new normal is that you need to prepare no matter in which position you are, you need to prepare because what is coming is way worse than what we've seen. And this is not about doom and gloom and, oh my gosh, let's all prep up again and, you know, stock up with all the toilet rolls that we can find, which in my opinion is also not the good approach. I I was pretty sad to see all the hoarding that was happening when people actually needed those supplies. But right now we have the opportunity to go and get what we need to get for the next few months because we saw it. Things got tense when this all first started. And there are more things in the works that are going to be coming out that we need to prepare for. And the economic system, it's going to completely collapse. And all those retirement accounts, all those people who won't be able to pay their mortgages or their credit cards, the tsunami of defaults on everything that we have ahead is going to be really, really, really painful for everybody, except for the 1%. The 1% are going to keep on getting richer. <laughs> there is no doubt about it that this is just a big redistribution of wealth because at this point where we are, the death toll of this pandemic is 0. 0.0006 of the world's population. It hasn't even made a dent. And I don't say this with a huge amount of compassion and sympathy for those who are are suffering with the virus, the effects, and even the deaths of it. But I just think that we also need to understand that the consequences of the actions that we're all taking part in, because we're all accepting them and we're not protesting against them, are going to be even more painful for even larger sectors of the society. So instead of gloom and doom, I'm just going to give you a few things that you can add on your list. And like I said, if In six months, it all clears up and this wasn't all a big plot to end up forcing a vaccine on us, a microchip and creating a totalitarian regime, which I believe is one of the possibilities. I also believe that if we all become really, really aware of what's happening, we can change that trajectory. Then again, if in six months, it was all bullshit and I mean, actually, sorry, what I'm saying, it was all bullshit. And yes, this was a pandemic that was controlled with all of our sacrifices, and then we went back to living the good life, then I promise you, I'll buy you all Mai Tais in Maui. I want to be wrong. But if I wasn't wrong and we didn't pay attention to the signs and we let this get to that totalitarian regime where we lose all of our liberties, our economic advantages, and our way of living, really, our societies, then I really hope that this podcast can somehow change that trajectory. And one of the things that I want to ask everybody to do is to really get educated. And for that, I really beg you, step away from the from the conventional, traditional media Even from social media, social media has just become another apparatus for propaganda. And it's even more, in my opinion, it's even more dangerous because it creates this sort of one mentality that it's coming from your neighbors, your friends, your relatives. So you almost feel like you have to agree with that narrative or you'll be lynched pretty much. And Like I said, I've been feeling very scared about sharing all these opinions because I have been sharing them in public circles and with my friends and the reaction has been pretty disturbing. I am thankful and grateful to have a very open-minded and diverse group of friends. So it hasn't come from everybody that I have shared my opinions with, but there's been groups that have expressed their disappointment and expressed their complete bewilderment that I could even be considering theories that supposedly are just being agreed and spread by groups from the very extreme right wings. And I even was told like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that you were a Trump supporter after I had just debated my opinion. And I didn't mention Trump once. I said, what happened there? How did I express any support whatsoever for Trump or his administration in all these facts that I just expressed about coronavirus. And he said to me, well, it's because what you're saying is what Trump supporters claim. And therefore you are a Trump supporter. I went, whoa, that's, that's the problem that we are sort of becoming so fundamentalist about this, that I don't want to be seen as something that I'm not. So, okay, I'll shut up because I don't want to be thrown into the extreme right-wing circles. That's not what I'm claiming here, but it's becoming very black and white and very, you cannot have a gray position or a black position that doesn't involve all the things that you don't necessarily agree with in, in other subjects. I will ask that everybody tries to educate themselves through the alternative media. And we've had so many examples already of how Facebook, YouTube, and even LinkedIn, all the social media platforms, are trying to censor, and they're actually censoring, any message that comes out saying, guys, coronavirus, we're not being told the truth. And just yesterday, uh, there was a whole panel of doctors that actually spoke up and said, hey, we are curing people. There is no need for the vaccine. What's going on here? And the videos got deleted right away. And these people are being deplatformed, and they're being chased and thrown into the horrendous cancel culture that we've created, which is a whole other subject for another podcast. I will ask everybody to please educate yourselves on what's really going on with coronavirus and secondly educate yourself about your options because like I said financially I think that people are not aware of what's coming and they're not taking the the measures that they need to protect whatever they have left on their savings to make sure that they are into real assets that can't be taken away and again this is for another podcast all based on economic speech but I won't go there. I'm just telling you there is incredible information out there. So make sure that you get your facts from the right people, not from those who are trying to to push big pharma, to push the vaccine as the only solution, and to push a few heroes onto the scene that are going to save the day when their only interest is to create more power for themselves. My second advice will be... Once you've educated yourself, you're going to be able to prepare yourself. And this is not just financially, although, like I said, it's going to be huge, but it's also going to be emotionally. I've been talking to people who are so intent on staying on the positive side that they are not willing to look at the avalanche of negativity that is going to come their way. And I think that they're doing it because they are trying to protect their emotional state. They don't want to know the truth. They don't want to see what's going to come. But I feel it's like if there is a tsunami coming, not looking at it doesn't make it go away. You need to prepare for it. And this is the time to prepare. And one of the ways that I would like everybody to prepare is by creating close-knit communities around them. Now more than ever, we need social capital in our lives. We need people who have our backs. And I have already started taking steps to organize with a few other parents little homeschooling groups, which... I know just the word homeschooling sounds terrifying, but it's not about the parents teaching the children. It's just spreading the the load of having the kids with us five days a week, because I, again, hopefully I'm wrong, but I don't see kids going back to school. This, this is not going to be another normal school year. I think that if they reopen the schools, which here in Hawaii, they should be reopening at the beginning of August, which I guess is when this podcast is coming out. I think we're going to be told, no, it's not happening. And the kids are going to be with us. And working parents like myself, I I don't think that we have the capacity to work and entertain our children for another six months. So I am creating a small group of moms and dads that we can rotate the children so then the children can still do a lot of online studying. And I also am going to incorporate the, hey guys, I'm teaching you Spanish and I'm teaching you gardening and we're gonna build something today and we're gonna learn other skills. So I'm actually excited about it. I just know that if I don't prepare for it right now and I have my kids every day, I am going to lose my mind. And mainly because I love being with my kids, but I also love being productive. And I have such a mission in the world that I don't want to have them be quiet because I need to record a podcast. So I need to go on my Facebook group or I need to create a new video. I want to make sure that I have time to do both things. So think about it, see if this will be a good option for you. And I also think that you need to have a strong community around How are we going to help each other if there are food shortages, which I believe there will be? How are we going to help each other if one of us gets sick and the others can help with, again, the kids or the elders? I think that those are the kind of conversations that we need to start having right now more than ever. I mean, I think that everybody should have that in their group, but... In in America, especially we live far away from our most immediate family, and I think that having friends that you can totally count on is really, really vital, and it's gonna prove even more important as we move on. And then the last thing that I would like to ask everybody to do is to keep on speaking their truth, whatever that is, to not be afraid that they're going to be laughed out of the room and to make sure that as we progress our education on what's really happening, that we are able to share that in a respectful manner. And I always say, it's not my intention to convince you of anything. My only intention is that you look at another perspective. If we can achieve that, if, if we can create a network of people that are just spreading the information, and again, there's a million podcasts that are giving us an alternative view of what's going on, and I'm more than happy to share them with them. Send me a DM, and I'll tell you which guys you can start listening to, people who are bringing to the podcast, doctors, economists, psychologists, people who are on the front lines, and listening to this information and share it, because I think that we're going to be asked to make radical decisions, radical steps that are going to create one or two futures. And in one future, I see us coming out of this way stronger, way more connected, way more in touch with our children, our communities, nature, and dismantling the old systems that don't work and replacing them with something wonderful. But I see another very dystopian future that is possible where we sat on our asses while this was all going down and we didn't do anything to stop the debauchery that's going on and to stop the conflict that is being created and to stop the economic destruction that is just being imposed upon us. And then we moved into, we were forced to take a vaccine that is being fast tracked. And again, follow the information. I follow the stock market and all these pharma companies that are creating vaccines are being paid by the United States Defense Department so they can fast track and then they can have the army forcibly putting those vaccines on us with no control groups, no having done proper testing. I mean, we will be the real guinea pigs and it will be the entire population. And then we'll see who makes it and who doesn't. And followed by the microchips to know who has done it, who has not done it. And I swear to God, I hate that scenario. I don't want it to happen. And I really hope that we look back in 20 years and we can tell our children, yes, there was a possibility for that, but we all fought against it. We all educated ourselves. We all rose up together and we said, no, we are not taking the vaccine and we are going to handle this in a very different way. I want to make sure that people are not left thinking, well, we're screwed, because <laughs> I honestly don't think we are, as long as we prepare, educate and get together together. So let me know what you think and I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe and review my podcast because I just love hearing from you. You can also follow my journey on my Instagram account at Divorce for Love and join our Facebook group in the show notes. See you next week.